everyone and welcome to our podcast. My name is Tahani Leger. I'm the General Manager for Identity Fraud and Compliance in Australia and New Zealand. And I'm delighted to welcome Rich Spuppy, Chief Customer Experience Officer from Count. Rich, welcome to our podcast. Thank you and thank you. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to the conversation today. Right, and so I thought I'd start um, by asking you, when you look over the online retail landscape, what do you see as the top fraud threats currently facing those retailers and their customers? Yeah, great question and, and very topical, very top of mind for a, a lot of people right now. Uh, I think the biggest overall trend is that fraudsters are really attacking any point in the customer journey. And they're using automation and stolen data and relatively sophisticated techniques to uh, commit fraud, create brand damage, and in general, raise mayhem. And it could be any part of the customer journey. So it could be at login, it could be at payment, it could be at loyalty. So they're, they're, they're doing multiple types of attacks and often using uh, pretty sophisticated automation to, to make that happen and to make it happen quickly. That's really interesting, Rich. So where do you think we are most prepared as an industry, as the online retail industry, and where do you think this is hitting us hardest along that customer journey? Yeah, I think, I think there's been uh, decades of work in uh, controlling uh, essentially payment fraud, but uh, uh, so th there, there are layers and layers of defenses at every step along along the way in the, in the ecosystem, whether it's the acquirer, the issuer, the merchant, etc. Um, having said that, uh, for as long as we've been working to stop it, the uh, criminals have been working to get better at it. Um, yeah, I think the real the real place that we're starting to see things uh, evolve quickly is in the account takeover and non-payment use, uh, use cases that are uh, uh, really, really troubling. One of the uh, essentially post-payment use cases that's, that's uh, fraught with fraud right now are the post-payment disputes. And those can come in terms of uh, 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 friendly fraud, uh, chargebacks, or, or even uh, malicious uh, returns and refunds. That, that, that's a really hot space right now. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I mean, we've been fighting fraud for a couple of decades at Equifax and Count. And, um, and with the explosion of data online, you'd be forgiven for thinking that we have all of the data available at our fingertips to fight fraud. Um, but so, but obviously that's not the case. It's not that straightforward. So what do you think are the, the biggest things that are impacting the on online retailer's ability to effectively fight fraud at the moment? Yeah. I, I think, I think uh, online retail has, has changed and gotten a lot more sophisticated, a lot more, uh, a lot higher requirement on customer experience. And one of the big factors is many retailers are combining their physical assets and their digital assets to create one unified customer journey. That can create a challenge because if you're doing click and collect 
uh, or uh, other sort of uh, leveraging of the physical facility, it turns what formerly had time, you had time to react to, uh, you know, because of shipping cutoffs and things like that, into a real-time decision that has really increased the complexity and the need to use tools like artificial intelligence and, and really data-rich uh, processes to help segregate the good customers that are going to help you grow your business from the bad customers uh, that, are, that, are, that are trying to commit fraud. That's really interesting. So have you seen anything? What are some of the big game changes that have been happening over COVID, especially for fraudsters? Like, you know, has that, um, has their MO changed? What's been happening uh, over the pandemic? Yeah, I, I think definitely uh, the, the MO has changed. One, people had a lot more time on their hands. Um, and, and what we saw was, Due to uh, restrictions, uh, people really started to focus on digital. And so the fraudsters really focused on digital, and a lot of retailers had to ramp so quickly as a matter of survival that really they, they fast-forwarded their, their digital uh, initiatives. They fast-forwarded those um, years, and they did it in a matter of months. Uh, combined with that, as you think about uh, many, uh, many COVID relief actions took place that allowed the, the fraudsters to, uh, to commit fraud against those COVID relief actions and get additional money to sort of bankroll their whole uh, fraud operations. It was a, a huge investment in uh, a huge capitalization of the fraudsters' criminal businesses uh, via COVID relief fraud. And I think that that's probably something that a lot of people <clears throat> don't fully understand, you know, that fraud is a business and via the COVID relief payments, they, um, there was a massive injection of capital and they've just reinvested that right back into their business and the digitization and automation and scaling of the operations. And so, you know, as fraud fighters, that's what we're contending with, which is an opposing force that has um, significantly ramped up their their business over the last couple of years. So while there are some large players at the top end of online retail, not everybody has access to the sorts of resources to fight to fight uh, fraud. So what does the majority of the online retailers do? Yeah, I think I think what we're what we're seeing right now is uh, the recognition of of fraud being a concern for businesses, no matter their size, is is really becoming pronounced. And what what retailers need to do is they really need to start by focusing on their customer journey, because each point in that customer journey is going to be a place that can be attacked. And then you need to work with partners to implement, uh, I call them uh, uh, sensors and controls. So you might want to understand more deeply what's, what's, what's the device data, what's the PII data, what are the interactions happening, and you use those sensors at the appropriate level for each step of the customer journey, and then you implement a control 
that says, well, if it's is it clearly fraud, we'll block that. If there's uh, some question, you might review a transaction or do some step-up authentication or some other sort of friction, and then outright uh, block the ones that that are are clearly clearly fraudulent. And by by combining that idea of sensors and controls, every merchant can make themselves a harder target. And it's a little bit of the analogy, if you're being chased by a bear, you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the person next to you. And so by making making your business incrementally harder to defraud, uh, the, uh, the fraudsters will make a kind of a rational business decision, like, don't waste my time attacking and attacking and attacking this hard target. Move on to the next one uh, and do their damage there. Yeah, interesting. And so, again, with the explosion of data that's available, uh, I'm not I'm not sure if that's readily available to everyone or not, and we should cover that separately. But how does an online retailer understand which data elements that they should pick up on or look at to at different parts of the customer journey in order to make a better decision about whether to approve or not how do they uh, how do they pick those data points up yeah so and and that's what that that's a great question because it's it's why retailers are pinched a little bit here because you want to have your sensor system essentially be invisible so you, you want to leverage the data that the consumer is making available uh, for the appropriate in the appropriate context for the appropriate step of the journey. So uh, you don't want to ask too many questions because we all know the more questions you ask, the more likely you are to have uh, uh, conversion issues or cancellations mid-order stream. And if you're a merchant, you're going, I paid, I paid all this money to get them here. They're in the mood to buy, and I'm going to ask them too many questions, and they're going to they're going to bolt. And so you don't want to do that. So what you do is you think about what's the what's the uh, normal amount of information. And then you work with partners that can augment that data, and and you know if you take if you take a company that has uh, like Count that has a large fraud control network that works across the globe, we can take an individual data element and through feature engineering and data augmentation turn that individual data element something as simple as the first six digits of a credit card number. You can derive hundreds of uh, data elements or machine learning features from that. You can do the same with an email address. You can do the same with just the, the device behavior as it traffics your system. And so what, what happens then is you take, you just ask the normal things to fill out the order form and get a service delivered to you, but you go from, you go from examining uh, or having the ability to examine let's say five data elements to thousands of data elements, and then the ability to use it in, to do that in real time and leverage the most sophisticated technologies like artificial intelligence, and, and then have a, let's say a policy engine that can help you uh, as, make sure you're doing the type of business that you want to do as a retailer. Yeah, that's really interesting you know you talk about a few key things there like um, balancing friction 
with customer experience and risk. And, you know, on the whole, that is, that is the continuous balancing act that online retailers and, and other online businesses need to navigate. That's continuously changes, right? As, um, as the digital landscape evolves. And what I'm also quite interested in is um, what do you see, how do you see the market responding to that? Do you, or and are there different responses in different pockets? How, we, how is online retail going yeah. in balancing a frictionless customer experience with risk? And where do you think, say, the top three mistakes are being made? Yeah, so I think, uh, one of the things that I see is I, I, I have literally thousands of conversations a year with uh, active merchants that are in, in the process of fighting fraud or trying to learn more about how to fight fraud. And one of the things that's pretty unique right now, uh, and it's definitely a trend, is uh, what I say is it's getting crowded in here. So it used to be you talk to a head of e-commerce and maybe a, a head of fraud. Now you're talking to e-commerce, head of fraud, head of payments, uh, cybersecurity, customer experience, we'll have the marketing people show up and ask ask questions about what's happening. So it is, it's getting crowded in there and it's getting uh, much harder for the individuals to make the, to make the right decision. What my, my, my fraud brothers and sisters that spend all day uh, fighting fraud, this is a place where they can add a tremendous amount of value because the marketers don't understand necessarily that all the traffic that they're delivering to the site isn't good traffic. And yeah. the, the cyber folks think about securing the pipes and the, the infrastructure and the ecosystem, but those pipes can be, you know, quote, perfectly secure, but a sophisticated fraudster will use those pipes against you. And yeah. th then the customer experience people, they try to make, they, they develop an awesome feature like, a one-click button that converts your loyalty points to a gift card and allows you to aggregate it uh, to anybody on the network. Well, that's the sort of that's the sort of feature that uh, a fraudster will uh, exploit. So you can do those things, but you have to have the right sensors and controls and forethought and policy in place to make that work. So it's 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 about bringing the right players to the table and then figuring out what's actually happening. And how do you figure out what's actually happening? You look at the data about the customers uh, that are trafficking your site to really understand how to engage with them better. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. So that's, I can see how that's, you know, a key, a key thing that, um, that you're seeing across all of those online retailers. And it's thematically, it's a theme that I think it's picked up a lot, which is in the past, maybe we were speaking with one person. Now it's a, a cross-functional discussion. And, and even though at first you might think that that's hard to broker, the only way that we can beat fraud is if we combine across combine our resources across the business and have a whole of customer experience view. And I think that that theme is also picked up, you know, surely, you know, data collaboration across the industry 
is more effective than just looking at your own data when you're fighting fraud. And so I wonder if you could, you know, comment on that one. Yeah, I think I think uh, absolutely correct in that and that uh, fraud is a global problem. Uh, Fraud is a sophisticated and organized problem. And the entities and the teams and the the, uh, illegitimate businesses that are attacking you are as a merchant are attacking another merchant somewhere else, uh, whether it's in in your country or across the globe. And if you build that identity network, that uh, uh, identity, we call it the global identity trust network. And it's about understanding. It's about understanding who are the good actors and who are the bad actors, and then uh, and then leveraging that understanding uh, in a scalable, real-time way. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> fraudsters are smart and sophisticated, but so are we um, as fraud fighters. So I think it just reiterates the message that um, not only organizationally, we have to combine forces so that there isn't a loophole or a silo across the organization. And and that applies to a view of the data as well along the customer journey. So it's key to have that data linked through to, through to all stages of the customer journey. And similar, you know, similar theme or concept across the industry. So fraudsters will exploit silos or, or breakpoints within an industry or across industries. And it's our job as fraud fighters to um, collaborate on that data and to close those gaps. Is there anything else that you're seeing when you're speaking to those you know, thousands of retailers? Mm-hmm. You know, I asked you that question beforehand. What are the top three, the, the biggest mistakes that we're making across the industry? What's something else that you're seeing? Yeah, I, I think I think um, I, th- I think there's I think there's a problem that people are not recognizing, and and it's, it's the idea that if we are taking losses to fraudsters, we are funding um, further the furtherance of malicious activity. So if you're if you're you know some people say well it's just a cost of doing business, but I I think that's the wrong approach because. For the money they take out of your business, they're investing and they're using it to do uh, worse things. Uh, and I'll just say worse things because it's it's very well known that uh, there's more to fraud than just the stealing of uh, online retailers' money. Yeah. Um, so I think I think we need to remember that as we strengthen our companies together, it actually puts pressure on the fraudsters such that they can't do some of some of the other uh, negative things. Thank you, Rich Stuppy. That's been a really insightful and meaningful conversation about how we can all continue to work together to fight fraud. Thank you. Always happy to help and hope we get to do it again soon.